Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. John chapter 8, I'm going to talk about grace this morning. That's a good thing. That's a, that's, we, could, we could go home already if just saying the word because it's important. Um, grace, whether you believe it or not, you are in desperate need of grace this morning. You, you, you might not think it, but you are in desperate need, dire need of grace this morning. In John chapter 8, we're going to read 11 verses, so uh, stay with me here. It says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again to the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? They said this testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking, he raised himself and said to them, he who, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it began being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, being with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When, the, when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Let's pray. Father, I just ask this morning, God, that you would, God, help me to speak this word very clearly. God, help me, Father God, in, in, in every aspect of every way. Lord, let you speak and not me. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. <clears throat> like I said earlier, you are in desperate and dire need of grace today. Whether you admit it or not, we all need grace. Uh, when we look at this story here, the woman caught in adultery, the Bible doesn't give her name. It just calls her the woman caught in adultery, and she was busted, busted in her sin. Have you ever been busted before? I mean, caught red-handed, you, you hand in the cookie jar, I mean, you were guilty, right? This lady was guilty. The Bible says that they brought her to Jesus in the temple. She was guilty, busted. She knew what, what was about to go on. That's why the Bible doesn't say that she tried to fight her way out of it. The Bible doesn't say she tried to argue her way out of it. You see, for some of us here this morning, we try to argue our way out of trouble. When we get busted, we try to say, no, nah, it's not me. I didn't mean it that way. Okay, whatever. Listen, she was busted and she knew it. The Bible says that they brought her to Jesus and she said absolutely nothing. You see, some of us could have our fingerprints, our DNA, caught us on video, got our picture, we're smiling, giving two thumbs up, and we still deny the very fact that we got busted. Oh, that's not me. That, look at I don't even got those kind of shoes and you're wearing them, right? And, and, and you're, you're busted in the very act of things. The Bible doesn't say she tried to fight her way out of it. She just accepted. What was she accepting? She knew at that very moment that her life was over. She was done with. 
She was willing to accept that. And some of us aren't willing to accept that maybe we got to sit down for a little while. Maybe we got to go through some restoration. Maybe we got to go through a little bit of counseling. Some of us aren't willing to accept those things. We fight our way through it. You got to understand something that if you don't think that you need grace, you'll never receive it. If you don't think that today you're in need of grace, if you look at your life and say, I'm cool, Pastor Nick, everything's good with me. If you don't think that you need it, you'll never receive it. But I want to let you know this morning, you are in desperate need, dire need. You see, without grace, you can't make it into the building today. Without grace, you can't raise your hand and have true, uh, uh, meaningful worship. Without grace, you can't hear the word because if it wasn't for grace, this word would offend you a whole lot this morning. If it wasn't for grace, you wouldn't be able to, to, to do what you do. Grace gives you the ability, it gives you the power to do what you couldn't do before. Where you could worship as a free man or a free woman, without grace you can't do that. Because without grace you have condemnation. And where there's condemnation, I don't know about you, if you've ever walked into church service, maybe I'm the only one in the building. If I am, then I just want to tell you about my life right now. I don't know if you've ever walked into a church service before feeling so guilty of the things that you've done, so jealous of the person next to you that gets to raise their hand in worship and has tears streaming down their face, so, so guilty that everywhere that the pastor speaks, it's like he's throwing, they're shooting arrows at your heart, so guilty that you want to run out of the building because you can't stand it in here, it's because you haven't yet received grace. You see, I want you to look at the person to the right of you. Go ahead. It's okay. The person to the left of you. I want you to look at the man behind the pulpit. We all got problems. We're all messed up. We all got issues. We all got situations. We got things that we're still trying to deal with. Well, that's not me, Pastor. It is you. I say this all the time. At the end of the day, after church today, you're going to kick off your church shoes because church shoes really aren't too comfortable. You're going to go home and you're going to kick them off. You're going to put on your sweats. And you know what's going to take place? Your feet are going to stink. Isn't no one in here holy enough that after a long day of walking in your shoes that your feet don't smell? And if they don't, then please let me know because I want to know the trick. (laughs) Everybody has stinky feet at the end of the day. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But that's why I thank God for grace. She was busted. Caught in the very act. If I could say it, I think she was set up, but nonetheless, she was guilty. Like me and you, we stand here or sit here this morning guilty, stuck in our sin. Then how is it that some could raise their hand and have true worship before God? How is it that there are those that are here this morning that could come in smiling and excited to come to church? How is it that we could read the word of God and get something out of it? It's not because you're good enough. It's not because you're holy. It's not because of anything that you've done. It's because of his grace this morning. If not for grace, where would we be? Amen. You see, but if you don't admit that you got issues, if you don't admit that you got problems, if you don't admit that you need grace desperately today, then you'll never receive it. You see, grace understands that you blow it sometimes. 
Grace understands that you blow up sometimes. Grace understands that you respond the wrong way sometimes. Grace understands that sometimes you sleep in a little too long and can't spend time in his presence. Grace understands that you forgot where you put your Bible and didn't read it today. Grace understands that you were running a little late to church. Grace understands that you fought on the way to church. Grace understands that you came in here this morning and said, I don't want to hear no preacher tell me how to live my life. Grace understands that you let the offering basket go by and didn't put anything in it. Grace understands that you're messed up. But that's why grace is grace. Don't you thank God that you're not grace and that I'm not grace? If I had the job of grace, y'all would be in a whole lot of trouble. A whole lot of trouble. If you had the job of grace, we would all be in a lot of trouble because you know what? Once someone does us wrong, once someone turns their back on us, once someone forgets about us, you know what? Forget about them as well. But you know what? Grace says this. I love you even though you forgot about me. I love you. I value you even though you want nothing to do with me. Grace was the one that said this. I'll hang on the cross and even if you don't accept it, Grace still said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Are you thankful for grace this morning? Second Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 says this, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Paul says, now that I know that, he says, therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities. I would rather boast in my mess ups, he says, that the power of Christ may rest Upon me. Can I tell you that grace is at its best when you are at your worst? Grace is doing its best job in your worst days. Your, be- your, your worst days, your, your greatest mess up in life. Grace is at its best at that moment. Grace says, You blew it. I got you on this one. Don't worry. I'll cover you. Grace is at its best when you're at your worst. But something takes place in the story. The setup is something like this. Jesus is teaching in the temple. And the Bible says all of a sudden that the the side door busts open. And here comes these group of men with this lady. And they throw her down in front of Jesus. And they begin to question Jesus saying this is a woman caught in adultery in the very act of it. Moses' law says that we should stone her. But what do you say, Jesus? And the Bible says something profound that I think is so cool about Jesus. He hears everything that they say. He understands everything that they say. But he acts like he doesn't hear them and doesn't understand. And he stoops down and begins to write in the dirt. You see, I want to know what he wrote on the ground. Acting like he didn't hear them, the Bible says that they ask him again, what are you going to do about the situation? Jesus looks up at them and he says, I got a solution here. With the lady there, all these guys there with stones in their hand, Jesus says, here's the solution. If you've never messed up, Go ahead and throw your first stone. If you've never blown it, go ahead and throw the first stone. You have the right to. And to think that in the body of Christ, when someone blows it, we got our slingshots out. We are ready to expose them, not cover them. 
We're ready to demolish them and get rid of them because that doesn't belong in the house of God. You know what belongs in the house of God? Messed up people like you and me, saved by grace, used by him. That's what belongs here. The Bible says that no one that day, no one that day was able to throw a stone. And all you heard after Jesus makes that statement was the sounds of rocks hitting the ground and footsteps that got further and further away. Because the one that had the power to condemn her showed her grace. The one that had the authority to condemn this woman caught in adultery extended grace to her. It tells us something, and we need to learn something from the story, church. That if someone comes in here busted, broke, busted, and disgusted, wrecked up from the neck up, a, a, a goner in life, someone who you would think doesn't even belong in the church, instead of throwing a stone, next time someone walks into your neighborhood or comes into your business or a store, someone's on the street holding up a sign, don't you dare throw a stone at them. Offer them grace. Why is it that children have a hard time talking to their parents about everything? It's because we got strong arms and we throw stones really good. Well, my kids don't talk to me. It's because you got a strong arm and you throw stones really well. Well, Pastor Nick, you don't know about parenting and how my kids are. I don't have to. If you don't feel like you have the ability to be real... And for someone not to judge you, but to help you out. Listen, I'm not saying that if someone comes in and says, you know, here's my junk, kind of all over the table kind of a thing, that it's all right, brother. It's all under grace. I believe we deal with it in the manner that we need to deal with it. But we don't kill them in the process. The one that had the ability to throw the stone didn't even have a stone in his hands. If I could go as far to say this, if he's such an unjust God, if he's such a God that's so hard to touch, if he's an unjust God that, that, that condemns you and you feel so guilty coming into his presence, if he's such an unjust God, why didn't he kill her while he had the chance? Why didn't he destroy her? Why didn't he just get rid of her? She was guilty wasn't like they had to have a trial. She was guilty, caught in the very act. He had the authority to do it. Why didn't he? If not for grace, me and you have no right to be here today. Like that woman, we all found ourselves in that position. We might not have committed the same sin. But nonetheless, we've committed sin. We've broken the law. We've broken his heart. We've messed up. We've blown it. But grace has been extended to you. But you'll never get it if you don't think that you need it. So they all walk away. And Jesus looks up and seeing that they're all gone, he asks the lady, woman, where are those accusers of yours? 
Is there no one here to condemn you? And she says, no one, Lord. And he gives a very profound statement. He doesn't give her seven steps on how to be better in life. He doesn't tell her to go and read a self-help book. He doesn't even tell her to go to counseling. The Bible doesn't say that he told her, you know what, you need to go submit and go and talk to the priest. No. What the Bible says is Jesus tells her, go and sin no more. Jesus, she got off with a slap on the hand. Go and sin no more. That's not even the right punishment. At least say something to her. Rebuke her. Be mean to her. Say something. Throw the Bible at her. Do something, Lord. Because we want the punishment to equal the crime. We're looking for equal punishment to the equal crime. But grace does something that transforms each and every one of us. It gives you the uneven exchange where he says, I'll take your ashes and in return I'll give you beauty for them. Something that doesn't even exchange easy. It's like someone, you say, I'll give you a quarter and they say, I'll give you a hundred dollars. It's not even an even exchange, but he says, I'll give you beauty for your ashes. Why? Because I'm grace. And that's just how I work. Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Is there no one here to condemn you? And neither do I. Go and sin no more. You see, when me and you blow it, grace steps in to rescue us. When it was our penalty and there was a cross that should have been ours, grace says, don't worry about it. I got you on this one. I got you. I'll take your place. You don't even got to show up. I'll be there for you. I got you on this one. The question, therefore, is not on the part of grace, for grace is offered freely to me and you. The question this morning is this. What's your response to his grace? When great grace has been shown to you, what's your response to it? You see, if I were to get you out of debt and I paid all your debt off, your response should be that you would get a little more, uh, a, a, a little more wise in your spending. But if you go out and get yourself in debt all over again, you just abuse the grace that I gave to you. And a lot of us use grace like 911. You see, you don't call 911 to find out how the operator on the other line's doing. I just felt like calling a number to see how you're doing. You call 911 only when there's an emergency. And some of us only go to God when there's an emergency, when we've blown it really bad. But I want you to understand this. Even in that, grace still says, I love you enough that I'll answer every single call that you give to me. Why? Because grace is grace. I thank God for grace this morning. But now that great grace has been shown to you, what's your response to it? Well, I'm thankful, Pastor Nick. Listen, we're all thankful when we got out of and didn't get what we deserved. Everybody is thankful. But he's not looking for thankfulness. He's looking for a life change. The Bible doesn't give us the end of her story here. I, I, I don't know how the rest of the story went, if she went on and did this sin again. The Bible doesn't give us that, but that's where her story ends, and our story picks up this morning. 
since great grace has been shown to you and extended to you freely, what's your response to it this morning? How do you react to grace like that? Being thankful isn't good enough. Being grateful isn't good enough. How has your life changed as a result of what Jesus has done for you? How are you different today? It's not on the part of grace that we need to ask the question for his grace is given freely. But how do you respond today? See, grace has been offered to all of us, but some of us aren't living like we've been forgiven much. Some of us aren't living a lifestyle that's pleasing to God. Listen, stop abusing grace today. Stop abusing what he's done on the cross. Stop taking advantage of it and just live your life right. If you really think about it, a lot of the things that we go through in life are pretty easy to fix. That's a tough statement to say, but it's true. Some of us make some bad choices. Our life needs to be changed. Since grace has been extended to you, how are you different today? Do you live different? Are you acting different? Romans 6, 1 and 2, and I'm going to close very shortly here. Romans 6, 1 and 2 says this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue to sin knowing that grace is going to be there? Do you continue to live in your lifestyle knowing that God is going to forgive you because he says in his word that he will? Do you continue to make the choices that you make knowing that God's a faithful God and he's going to be there to forgive you? Do you do that today? Paul says absolutely not. Shall we sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? How's your life different today? How have you changed as a result of grace? Is there any change in you at all? Do you conduct yourself differently? Do you carry yourself differently? You see, it's not about just coming up to an altar call. It's not just about having someone pray for you. It's about a life change. There was an old song that we used to sing. It's probably older than me, but I could only go back as far as myself. It says this. It says, Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. If something's happened on the inside, we should be able to tell on the outside. You see, grace isn't only good enough for Sunday morning. It's easy to fake the funk in here. It's easy to get through service and everybody think that you're this great, holy Christian that lives life and walks on water and does. It's easy to fake it in church, but when you leave the building and you go home, how do you act? If we went and talked to your neighbor, and I'm not going to, what would they say of you today? If we went and talked to your boss, what would be their response? You see, that's the true response to grace. It's not in church. Why? Because in church, all you got to do is give a few hallelujahs. If someone comes up to you and say, how are you doing? All you got to say is, bless brother or bless sister. Right? Clap when the pastor says clap. When everybody else is clapping, you just join right in. I don't know what I'm clapping for, but it's a good place to clap right now. Right? Stand up during worship time. Sit down during the preaching. 
right? When the offering goes by, say a few words that the pastor's repeated, repeat after him. You do good in church. But when we leave here, how's your response to grace then? Shall we continue to live in sin? Hear my heart this morning. Shall we continue to live in sin? Knowing that grace is going to be there to forgive you. Well, you could only play that game so long. Because what if one day you have that mindset and grace is no longer there? You're in trouble now. So why not change all the way? Not just come to church and barely make it through the week and then come to church again and barely make it through the week. When you're weak and you mess up, grace is doing its greatest work. But when you're continuing to do that same thing over and over again, it's habitual now, habit forming. We're abusing grace at the moment. Let's live it out. It's not good enough to come to church and hear a word on grace. You have to go home and you have to live it. You fall short, and we all do. But it's not an excuse. You mess up, and we all do. But come on, let's get beyond the elementary things. Let's grow in this thing called our walk with Christ. Let's be stronger Christians. Let's represent Christ good out in the neighborhoods, not just at church. You need grace more than you think you need it today. I couldn't preach a message on grace without receiving grace myself. You can't live another day. You can't go another moment without grace being in your life. So what's your response to it today? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me today. You see, I've heard it said before of sin. They say, go ahead and get it out of your system and then come to Christ and you'll be all good. The, the problem with that is that we never get it out of our system. So you're here this morning and you're tired of playing games. You're done being the person that walks in feeling guilty because of the choices that you've made in life. I'm not saying from this moment on that you're going to live a sinless life. But that your choices are going to be different. You're done being that person who doesn't feel anything and wants to run out of the church. You're done being that person who's 
tired of dealing with all this junk time after time after time, and today you're willing and ready to say, Pastor, I need grace. I admit that I'm not perfect. I admit that I can't do this. I'm tired of trying to carry this cross on my own when he's already carried it for me. You're here this morning, and that's you. You're ready to give up. That's you. I'm going to ask that you would just raise up your hands. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.